Welcome to Detroit Today with Stephen Henderson, only he's out and I'm in. I'm Sandra Svoboda, and I am happy to be with you today. It is a special time at WDET. It's the last day of our campaign for newsroom expansion. You'll be hearing from some of my colleagues throughout the hour asking you to participate in this and help us out. Help us tear down the walls and make WDET a more productive place. There's more information at WDET.org on that. Uh, Later this hour, we're going to hear from a couple of the people that we collaborate with. Again, a theme of this week, the collaborations that WDET does. I'll have in studio Sheila Cockrell, the former city councilwoman, who talks to us about her Citizen Detroit project and how that's helping connect citizens with the leaders in the city and moving the city forward with what matters to people who live here. We'll also have Bill McGraw from Bridge Magazine, one of our favorite Detroit journalism cooperative partners. He's helping out with some coverage of the in the parks project. So we'll get an update from him about what's happening in the city. And I'll give you a fair warning, it's good news. How often do we hear that? But first, I'd like to talk parks, politics, billionaires, and bridges. The Detroit City Council this week delayed its planned vote on a land swap deal. That was being pushed by Mayor Mike Duggan and the administration. That deal would involve the transfer of city-owned property, which is right now part of Riverside Park in southwest Detroit. You can go to DetroitParksWatch.org and see some of the information that WDET staffers and the digital team have put together about that. Um, part of the deal would send some land to the Ambassador Bridge Company uh, that's formerly known as the Detroit International Bridge Company and is owned by Matty Maroon and his family. You may have heard of him. So this deal, it's controversial to some. It speaks to a lot of the history involved in the park and the bridge company and citizens in the area. And here to tell us more about what's happening at the park with the deal and at City Hall are two guests. First, I'd like to welcome Christine Ferretti. She's a City Hall reporter with the Detroit News. Christine, welcome to WDET. Thank you for having me, Sandy. And in the studio also is Amber Harvey. She's a Wayne State University public affairs and journalism student, and she is spending her summer interning with WDET. Amber. Hi, Sandy. Great to be here. Uh, so, uh, gosh, where to start with this? It's such a big, complicated story. So, Christine, let me start with you and from, from City Hall. What happened this week? Well, this week, the city council had its formal session where it was on its agenda to potentially vote on this agreement. Um, And there have been a couple public hearings. It's been very thoroughly discussed to this point. And basically, the day ended up with some questions still needing answers from various council people and just, you know, the public telling them kind of to make sure they have, you know, everything figured out before they take this vote while others were pushing for it to happen. So it was kind of a lengthy meeting on this issue. What have Mayor Duggan and the bridge company negotiated here? What are they proposing? It's very complicated overall to explain all the different parts. But I mean, essentially, they're going to be giving us in in Detroit an investment of up to five million dollars to get Riverside Park rejuvenated and have, you know, have it being looking good again and serving the community. And in exchange, we would give them pieces of land that they need to potentially have a second bridge span in the future. That would be their their goal, the bridge company. So potentially up to a five million dollar investment at the park itself uh, that the bridge company would be paying the city. Of course, we know city budgets are strapped. We, you and I covered the bankruptcy together and right. we know how limited funds are going forward. But it would also take some of that land away from the park, which is kind of one of the rare riverside parks there in southwest Detroit. Amber, you have spent some time out at the park. Describe for us, for people who haven't been there, what is, what is this park like? And what does it mean to people who live in that area? Uh, one word that really comes to mind when I think about the park is potential. You walk up and you see 
You see the skyline of Detroit. It's framed by the Ambassador Bridge. It's the most narrow point of the Detroit River. It's really beautiful. But at the same time, there's a, a sense of uneasiness at the park. There's trash. There's litter everywhere. Really, the only people there, they're fishing off of the pier. The green spaces, they're either fenced off or there's signs saying there's contamination. So I can see why families wouldn't feel safe necessarily bringing their, you know, bringing their children there. Like I said, there's a ton of potential there, but it's it's unutilized space at this point, it seems to be. This this park, uh, really literally in the shadow of the Ambassador Bridge, has, has been on the media radar and the neighborhood radar and the city radar for a long time because of what's been going on. You're both nodding, so I'm going to let you both chime in a little bit of the history of the park. Amber, you, you dug into this in, in doing some of your reporting for, again, that piece that's on DetroitParksWatch.org. People can find out this, the background of, about Riverside Park. But give us a little bit of the history of it and, and the controversy with the bridge company. Well, a little bit of the history and the controversy. In 2001, after 9-11, a piece of Riverside Park was fenced off due to concerns of Homeland Security. Fenced off by? Fenced off by the Detroit International Bridge Company. And they got the go-ahead from uh, Mayor Dennis Archer at the time to do that. Uh, preceding that, the park was fenced off for years. And then in 2008... A former Free Press reporter came along, Joel Thurtell, and he was trying to take pictures of the park, and he encountered some security guards. He had a little bit of run-in with them, and he wrote a blog about it, uh, about the fencing along the eastern portion of the park. And after that, the community seemed to get involved. They were kind of, like, motivated to find out what this fence was about, why it was up there, and why they haven't had access to uh, it. Was a, there's a, there was a ball diamond that was closed off, as well as a basketball court. So after that, things kind of escalated. The city of Detroit ended up suing the uh, Detroit International Bridge Company to take down the fence, and that lasted in court for years. It got to the point where residents in the community, they came out and they took down the bridge themselves. And I believe it was in 2012. You mean the fence. They Sorry, didn't take down the no, bridge. No, they didn't take down the bridge. Because that would really be a news <laughs> yeah. story we all would have missed. <laughs> no, they took down the fence. After that, it's just kind of, I mean, the people in the city, they got to enjoy the park for about a year. And then there was some environmental contamination that was announced at the park. It was actually reported by the bridge company. And the park has been closed off uh, ever since. I believe that was 2013 that that happened. I'd like to remind listeners, I'm Sandra Swoboda sitting in for Stephen Henderson on Detroit Today. I'm speaking with Christine Ferretti. She's a City Hall reporter with the Detroit News. And Amber Harvey, WDET intern, who have both been covering what's going on at Riverside Park and City Hall in regards to the land swap deal that between the Ambassador Bridge Company and the City of Detroit. Uh, improving Riverside Park, giving the bridge company some of what it wants and needs for a potential second span. All right. So, Christine, I, you know, you've you've covered this community a lot, and and your colleague Louis Aguilar, you've been down there. What does this park mean to that community? Well, people have very strong opinions on both sides. We saw it at Tuesday's council meeting where they were potentially going to vote. People came out. Dozens of people came out to convey their thoughts on this. A lot of parents came out from the area talking about their children and just the need for more recreational opportunities in that part of the city, in that southwest area. And some youth came out talking about it being important to their future moving forward, too, and asking the city to, you know, give them that opportunity. Yeah, I want to play. We have uh, Amber uh, Harvey was out there along with our WDET news reporter, Marissa Gowell, and they collected some of the audio of comments that went on there. And I just want to play a couple of them. First, we're going to hear from Nicole Jackson. Uh, She was in favor of the land deal that Mayor Duggan is proposing with the bridge company. Here's what she had to say. I completely understand the apprehension of big business. I've been insulted. I have been, um, I'm completely, I don't trust big business as well. But at this point, it's not about um, corporation. 
our city won't have a tax base without cooperation. Um, it's about cooperation. And at this point, I want to urge us to, to cooperate with the mayor, the mayor's plan, this, this corporation that is a tax base for our city, and um, expand Riverside Park. So that was Nicole Jackson. She is urging the city council to vote in favor of the land deal with the bridge company uh, that was postponed for a vote until next week. And we'll get into some of the reasons why in a moment. But first, I want to hear uh, from Terry Whitfield. He was another citizen who was at the Detroit City Council meeting on Tuesday, and he was against the deal. Here's what he had to say. For some reason or another, this deal is something that has turned a community and turned a city against each other. And for us to rush towards a deal that has caused so much divisiveness, I have to ask why. Um, and that's the question that I trust that this uh, honorable body will do and will, uh, and will consider is why do we need to rush and why do we have to have this now? So Amber, Mr. Whitfield there questions why the city council needs to take this vote right away. And they actually heard what he had to say and they decided not to take the vote right away. And they cited some of your work that you've done here at WDET. Tell us a little bit about the city council delaying their vote. So the city council delayed their vote, citing uh, certain reasons. There were some documents that they wanted. One of these documents was a report from MDEQ. That's the Michigan Department of Environmental Quality. Yes. It came from a contractor of DTE who is responsible for the remediation of the of Riverside Park. Okay, because DTE, the energy company, picked up Mishcon, the previous owner of the site, and there are some lingering contamination issues that they're looking into. Is that correct? Yes. So that is what this report outlines. It's a response activity plan. So it looks at the level of contamination in the soil, in the air at the park, and it sees if what are the risks to visitors. It's is it safe for you know children and their parents to visit? So. In this report, there were some uh, interesting revelations. I received this report via FOIA, which is the Freedom of Information Act. I put in a request to get this report from the Department of Environmental Quality. So what we found in this report was that uh, there were some activities on the site by the Detroit International Bridge Company. And this is after they were basically sued for illegally occupying the space in 2012. So the report said that Stantec, the contractor of uh, DTE, Uh, observed the bridge company installing large diameter utilities on the eastern portion of the Riverside parcel. And that uh, due to these utilities, they were unable to put in uh, soil borings, which is how they check for contamination in the soil, as well as monitoring wells, which is how they check uh, contamination in the groundwater. And also because of this, they said that they said that the installation of this utilities could have potentially exacerbated subsurface contamination in the soil. Okay, so Amber, let me see if I have this straight. We have Stantec, which was a contractor for DTE, which has some potential liability for contamination cleanup at the site going forward. And now this DTE contractor is asking for a state review of their own consultant's report that may push some liability back onto the bridge company because the contractor is claiming that the bridge company was putting utilities in there last year. What does the city have to say about that? The city hasn't had a lot to say about that. At a community meeting held in June, MDEQ was brought on by a subcommittee of the Detroit City Council to talk about this report, and DEQ, which is the Department of Environmental Quality, uh, didn't mention these details. They did talk about the report briefly, but they did not mention the bridge company potentially installing utilities or any of those aspects of the report. City Council is now waiting to get that report. So we have the preliminary one online at WDET.org that from the DTE contractor, but the DEQ is supposed to be giving another report out next week, and that's what City Council is waiting for. 
Okay, so I want to go quickly to what Raquel Castellana Lopez said uh, at the city council meeting and why she's waiting for that report and also what else she's waiting for. Um, it's difficult for me to make an informed decision without having the outstanding documents, and I'll just read through that list one more time. The remediation plan from Building Safety and Engineering, the law department report requested by council president well over a month ago, um, the updated analysis of the concessionaire agreement, in relation to this deal, uh, a report in relation to the information released, uh, by, well, essentially covered by WDET yesterday in the media about the D uh, bridge company's illegal installation of utilities in Riverside Park. Um, I urge us to wait for the final report from MDQ that will be released on Monday. So, Christine, uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, Councilmember Castaneda Lopez's relationship with the city administration? I have found that she is one of the council members who's always very vocal about her concerns, and she's always seeking very detailed answers. She's asking a lot from various city departments on a regular basis. She's often sitting in, in subcommittees that she does not normally sit on to be more, better informed and to get her facts straight on an issue. She's always been very linked in in that way to what is happening. Yeah. Okay. So I want to ask you both. Um, I know that you're reporters. I'm not asking for your personal opinions on what you think of this deal, but I would like to ask you each, I'll start with you, Christine, if you could sum up the some of the reasons people are giving that, that the city council should be voting in favor of this plan. I think one thing that's clear in this whole discussion is that everybody wants a park. Everybody wants a nice revitalized park. That's not the big issue. The people who do um, come out in favor of it really just, you know, they they like the idea that a portion of this money is guaranteed as soon as the council signs off on this. Three million up front is coming the city's way and they could start as soon as this fall. So I think that's what people want. They want to see this park open for the kids and to have it available in a way that it hasn't been in years. And for the people who are on the other side of this, it all comes back to trust and the history they feel very passionate about with the bridge company and just feeling they can't trust them and that they've been let down and discriminated against so many times is their claim. Amber, is that what you're hearing in your coverage? I would agree with Christine and I would add that a lot of the opponents of the land swap agreement aren't saying no deal. They're saying better deal. I mean, a lot of people are worried about the environmental aspects of this. What happens when you put a second bridge span in where there's a residential community? What are the effects of idling and idling traffic, stop and go diesel trucks on a, a community that already has a, a prevalent rate of asthma and different respiratory problems? And that's something that people have been uh, talking about at these meetings. Christine, are there other details of this proposed agreement that are giving people some pause in voting for it on council? There definitely are. Among the issues that I have heard come up repeatedly is basically, would this agreement tie the city's hands to commit to supporting bridge company efforts to have the second span built in future years? The council's legislative department, its own attorneys, did a report of their own, and that was one thing they raised. Does this commit the city in future decades to support this effort and to be on board with it? And following up with the mayor's office... The mayor's administration would argue on the other side that this does not commit them to support the bridge, only to be supportive of certain conditions that the bridge company would have to go through with this property in terms of air rights and a few other things tied to that. 
So if city council does approve this deal next week, they, I should point out they voted eight to one to postpone the vote. George Cushenberry was the outstanding vote there. So, but if they bring it back next week and they approve it, Amber, how, how quickly would things be moving? Uh, not that quickly, from what I understand. It would first have to go to the Michigan Department of Natural Resources, would ha- who would have to approve an application from the city as well as the Detroit International Bridge Company for the conversion of the land. Uh, that's because a lot of grants have gone in to fund improvements to the park over the years. We're talking, I know, at least over a million dollars in grants have gone in. Uh, after that, it would move on to the National Park Service in Omaha, Nebraska. And speaking with John Mays, who's in grants management at the DNR, he said that Non-complex deals will take from six months to a year, and he called this a complex deal. All right. Well, we'll have to leave it there for now. We'll keep an eye out for the vote next week and both of your reporting on it. Christine Ferretti from the Detroit News, thanks for being here. Thank you. And Amber Harvey, intern at WDET, will have you back soon. Thank you very much. You're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Sandra Sabota. Stay with us after this break. We'll be back with more.